So we are about to have on the wonderful Emily Nyman of the Breaking Balls pod. They're about to get to one year after they record tomorrow of Breaking Balls. Uh, John joined as a guest, I believe, episode five. Um, then I think he came on the pod. I'd like to say, if not episode nine, definitely nine through eleven. I'm pretty sure. Um, that whole entire crew just does a fantastic job, including DJ Bennington. Let's be honest, he probably does the bulk of the work on the pod. Um, John and Emily put fantastic work behind it, but. If you truly think about all the work that goes into the podcast, I think it's the DJ. And I think Emily and John will be perfectly okay with admitting that. Um, so, let's get to some Emily Nymans. Yes, sir. We are um, with one of the stars of the Breaking Balls podcast, the wonderful Queen Emily. Yes, Emily is better than everyone. Emily especially is, is over James. That's that's no misconception. Um, wow. <laughs> Queen Emily rules above me. all. Sorry. I don't know if I can really follow up with that. That was such an intro. I'm going to get to the point everyone listening now. Build me up too much. Emily, he's just, he's just taking haymakers at me. I didn't anything. I was excited to have you on the show and all of a sudden, you know, Nick decides to just take a low blow at me. He decides to like punch me in the face. That's that's crazy. Whose back do you think I'm, I'm gonna like, have? Yours or Emily's? Uh, Come on. Yeah, real. that's right, James. Yeah, you're right. I, well, I, uh, what do I know? I'm, I'm just a sidekick. But anyway, this is um kill your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but emily um i want i want to ask you um something that's very interesting and we and i know nick will say some serious stuff but i want to ask more like you i remember how when nick's twitter was getting upset about the referees cost them a game and you made a nice tweet about like how game should be decided by a referee so how is it, how do you, how do base how do baseball Twitter feels when Ump decides games too? Because it's like you know, like from a from a Knicks standpoint, they were better than the Sixers. So in translating to baseball, how do baseball teams feel when they were the better team, but then one or two bad calls kind of can cost the team a game? I mean, I think that that doesn't like one or two bad calls costing the team a game doesn't really happen often. Because think about how many, and I know, I know the calls look bad, especially if they're, like, in the late portion of the game, but think about how many chances these teams have. So, to, like, blame the loss on that one thing, it's like, all right, well, what about, you know, this, the leadoff hitter, he went 0 for 4, it's like, that that doesn't matter, we're going to say that this bad strike call in the ninth inning is what lost in the game, you know what I mean? Like, I think that it's skirting uh, responsibility or pushing responsibility of the, the win or the loss to uh, a third party that's outside the two teams that are playing. It's like, they're playing. They're the ones who have to win the game for themselves. You know what I mean? There there was a game for the Yankees either last year or the last 162-game season. The Yankees lost that game 1-0 or 2-1. But in the first inning, 
that bases loaded when nobody outs, they didn't score. And then later in the game, Judge got one of those stupid low strikeouts because um stink he's like five eight, you know. Uh, right. And Judge got struck out. And you and Yankee Twitter. I don't know. I I don't even need to tell you how they act. You know how they act. They're crazy. They all blew up at the umpire. And it's one of those things where that's not why they lost the game. They lost the game from the first inning. Because all you have to do is get a hit down the line. You score two runs. You get a hit up the middle. You score one run. You maybe score two. And there you go. Because the only team only scored one. You win that game. So sometimes people on Twitter... Just get angry fingers, and they they don't want to blame their team, so they're gonna blame someone that most people just do not like, just because of the stupid black and white jerseys. They're gonna blame the umpire. They're gonna blame the referee because, truthfully, again, Emily's right, and Emily you is a big basketball fan, big big basketball fan, so she oh, would know. <laughs> well, I think that. You know, more often than not, I think that also a team is being outplayed, too. So, like, and don't get me wrong, when a bad call happens or judge gets a low strike ball, I don't like it. I'm not over here being like, no, you shouldn't criticize this thing. Criticize the shit out of that kind of stuff. It's a bad call, but where I just can't stay with it is when it goes into the, well, that bad call is the reason they lost zone. Right. That's where I'm like, eh, right. no. Not why they lost. Uh, yeah. Um, I get, I get your point. Now, obviously, the Yankees have been, have been looking very good this spring training. I understand they lost today, but wins and losses don't matter. Um, Stan has had a really good spring, and for the most part, can we expect? And I'm giving him 120 games. Do you think oh that God. Stan can play 120 games? I think that's the bar. The bar is 120. I'm not asking for 140. I'm not asking for all 162. That's that's not going to happen. 120 is the bar. That's all I ask. Just give me 120 and I will live happy. I mean, I think, yeah, we would all be happy with 120. But I don't know. I think 100 this year, but I don't know. 120, I think, is the feeling. Man, I don't know why so many people... And this happened on Yankee Twitter a lot, you know, you know, whether it's because they're known to be such a fan of that player, they just dig in and stand their ground, they don't budge. Aaron Judge, the last time he played more than 120 was 2017, and everyone wants to use the hit by wrist excuse, da-da-da, da-da-da. John I Car- mean, that's not really an excuse, that right. is what happened. No, I you know, know but like, think about got, it. Yeah, hit my pitcher, broke his wrist. What's the guy going to do? Think about it. He couldn't even play half a season in a 60-game season. I mean, what if what if Aaron Judge only plays 79 games? At what point do we get to where people c- can just admit it? He can't play a full season. Like, what's the line? I mean, I really... Personally, I don't care about last year, about really anything that happened. Like, I don't 
I wish that they sat everybody last year. Like, last year it didn't mean shit, and it was a joke of a season, and I would have been upset if someone got, like, injured last year, you know what I mean? Right. But, I mean, I guess the, Terry, the Yankees are going to play Judge. He's not a free agent, what, for another year or two? Yeah, next so year he'll be a free agent. He's a right fielder for the Yankees for the next two or three seasons. Um, even if it's only for 70 games. So he's not going to go anywhere. They'll just then let him walk in free agency. I hope so. so. They should now, and anytime they can. I mean, he's one of the best players in the game. Now, there have been rumors about the whole, like, the reason why Hal didn't want um, Brian Cashman to spend because there's rumors about the Yankees having interest in Corey Seager. Do you believe any truth to those rumors, Emily? Um, I don't think so. After they locked up DJ LeMahieu for six years, I don't see them going for one of the shortstops with Glaber Torres, too. You know, if they did lock up DJ and they let him walk, then, yeah, maybe that meant that they're going to, you know, sign one of those guys and Glaber over to second. That would make sense. But keeping DJ for six years, uh, and they have, what, probably like four years of control of Torres, I don't think so. I mean, let me and James had this conversation before. The only way they can do this, they have to trade Gio Urshela or Luke Voigt. Because then you move DJ to third, you you put the shortstop at shortstop, and then you move Glaber to second. And whatever shortstop the Yankees would sign is clearly a better shortstop from Glaber. And I know Yankee Twitter would be pissed off for losing Gio, but if we can get any of those shortstops, it makes the Yankees much, much better defensively. So I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, that would be fucking sick. I would love any of those guys, even Correa. I would love any of them. But also, the I don't see the Yankees taking on a third tremendous contract. You know, no. they already had yeah. Cole, they already had Stanton, they're going yeah. to, uh, right. presumably, have Judge, then they're going to have Torres, like, I don't see them going out and getting one of these guys, because they're going to command over $25 million per year, on average, in these contracts that they get. Now... This MLB released the top, um, at least their top 100 players, you know, like like all the sports leagues do. Now, there's this, there's this debate that Cole was number five and DeGrom is number six. I truly, I love DeGarrett Cole. I'm glad the Yankees finally got a legit ace. But DeGrom is better. DeGrom is better. Am I saying something out of pocket? DeGrom is the better pitcher. He has two Cy Youngs, and if he didn't get injured, he probably would have had a third Cy Young. Am I wrong? No, not at all. And, you know, I think that the margin between them is thin. So I don't think it's egregious. But I do think it's um, it's kind of like clickbaity. It's like, oh, yeah, you, this is the only list in the, on the fucking planet that would put Cole over to Grom. So it's like, Cole is amazing. And he and he's up there, but the Grom is, at this point, has I think just because of what he's done, he has to go in that spot above Cole. But it is close. 
not gonna lie. Sometimes half to half these lists are stupid. I I don't even look at half these lists. Um, you. Yeah, I didn't even know about that one. Yeah. You you always put a lot of interesting tweets, especially that's why a lot of your images get stolen, you know, because people hate on you. Um, one of your tweets was, if you come down hard on PED users and sign stealers, but now have a man who cares, they all do attitude about pictures using foreign substances, please know that I think you are a circus clown. PSA, I don't care why you've decided that some cheating is okay. And some isn't. I really don't. Please spare me the explanation. And of course, it got 50 comments, 41 retweets, 310 likes. So, you know, you're right though. People are hip- are hypocrites. They they pick and choose who they like. Some days they like this guy. Some days these like that guy. And and these are the same guys that will be okay with David Ortiz going into the Hall of Fame, but they won't be okay with A-Rod going into the Hall of Fame. It's like, it's 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 so stupid. Yeah, and I, and like, don't get me wrong, I, I get it. Like, I get, you know, why people think uh, PEDs are, are, are quote-unquote worse than sign stealing or, or sign stealing is worse. Like, I get why people are categorizing or, or arbitrarily listing them and, and uh, descending order the way that they do. But my thing is with the, whichever forms of cheating they disagree with, it's like a vehement disagreement. And it's, it's like almost moral posturing. And I think that it comes off as phony. If other forms of cheating, it's like, oh, well, whatever, they've been doing it for a long time in the game, and it's like, okay, so, but you're okay with that, but the other one is, like, you're per- you're clutching your pearls because of, like, them breaking this rule, like, I don't know, it just comes off as very, a little over the top, but I guess I'm kind of being over the top in those tweets, having them right back to me like that. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is hilarious. <laughs> that is truly hilarious. Um, are the Mets going to sign Lindor or not? <laughs> I think so. I think I don't. I don't know if it'll happen before the season, but I think that they will uh, lock him up at some point. He said he's given the spring training. So once Mets break poor St. Lucie and leave, the the next time I think he would possibly talk extension is maybe during All Star break. But. Other than that, they are taking the chance. His minimum bar has to be twenty five million a year. He probably wants thirty. He probably wants a ten year deal, which age wise he can get that. And he probably wants between two ninety to three hundred and thirty forty million dollars because every player has an ego. He wants to be thought of as the best, highest paid shortstop until either Correa passes him or Seager passes him or or. Or until, or until someone who is like nine years old passes him, you know. But that's that's what Lindor wants. For sure, I mean, and I think it'll be interesting because I know Lindor said that uh, he won't discuss anything about the contract like until after the season because you know he wants to focus on the season, which I can feel him on that. But like. 
I don't know if they want. I think the Mets are hesitant just because of the market. How many shortstops of that caliber or around that caliber are about to hit the market? That none of these teams want to like shoot first, so to speak, because they want someone else to set the bar. They want someone else to offer someone or extend one of these guys. And it's like, oh, okay, so you extended, let's say for argument's sake, oh, the Dodgers extend Corey Seager for $30 million a year on average. Okay, that's now setting the bar. So the other guys will be easier to set their salaries higher or lower based on that one. So because of that, I think you're going to have, like, I don't know. Have you guys ever seen the episode of The Office where they're having that fake like mystery night and they're all holding up the finger guns to each other like no one yeah. is going to move the move that's like what's going on right now I think with the shortstop market <laughs> oh, I've seen that one that is pretty that's pretty awesome um, now now this is going to be a simple question are the, are the Yankees the best team in the American League yeah no question no question the White Sox are good, are pretty good, but I mean, no, they're not the fucking Yankees. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty easy too. But again, what what does it get the Yankees being the best team in the American League? I mean, it, it gets the booby prize, right? It it gets them being held out there watching someone else celebrate a World Series, because again, every consecutive year for the past couple seasons. Why have they lost in postseason? Either because Chapman's giving up a homer and smiling like a clown, or because they didn't score enough runs. And their home run or nothing approach, the only person that doesn't do that is DJ LeMay. And unfortunately, he's not Bugs Bunny. He can't bat one through nine. He can't play every position. So when it's home run or nothing... They're, they're not hitting a home run probably more than 40% of the time. So that's that's why they lose. they got to get more DJs, and, and, and they just won't do that. Well, to be fair, like last year's postseason, that last series against the Rays, um, they out-hit the Rays. Over the course of the, of the five games, the Yankees had more hits. And they had scored more runs, but they just didn't get the hits and the runs in the right games or at the right time. So much like earlier in our conversation when we were talking about uh, the rest or right. the umpires and like how one call, you can't blame the winner of the loss of one call. That same rule applies to like even plays like and obviously Chapman gave up those home runs that ended the, the series in last year but last year's series literally came down to the last game the eighth inning and one pitch yeah like neither team scored any runs each team only had like what it was like two or three hits it was a pitcher's duel the entire game and it came down to that one pitch and it's like yeah that ended the series in the game I get it I'm not trying to like skirt that responsibility of his, but it's not like that lost the, game, the Yankees had the entire, how many opportunities and they didn't do anything. So it's like to blame Chapman is sort of ignoring the team aspect of this sport. That like this is no, I'm not. I'm not solely blaming Chapman. That's why I also mentioned the running and scoring position because that's just something that has completely failed them. Um, you and John. I know exactly. 
you, John, and DJ are coming up a year on Breaking Balls. And this is probably something that John has probably never thought of, but I, I, I just like the bus chops. So after the home run call, which I think that's great what you guys do to start off every episode, it then goes to your name and announcing Breaking Balls. You're about to be a year on the pod. John has did a good amount of episodes now. When is his name going to get in there with you? Uh, probably never, just because it's my show. <laughs> and John is my I love it. And we work on the show together, but it was, I created it, you know what I mean? Sorry, John, I tried for you, buddy. Uh, actually, the reality is, the reality is, because we share, John and I, we work on the show, we share the workload, and we have our production and everything, is that my fiance is the one that spends 20 hours a week editing it and mastering it, so that's what tips the scales. I actually, I actually mentioned something like that before we had you on, and I, I get it. I, I just figured, you know, someone had to mention it because no one else probably would. No, you're right. That I've literally never been asked that question. That's funny. Uh, I appreciate that. That was... No problem. That was... That was... That was... <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, John, don't listen to this, this episode. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, John. Yo, listen, I got your back, man. I know what it's like to be in the shadows of a star. I know what it's I'm just like. gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep John busy so he doesn't get a chance to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm gonna like have him do this part. Listen, I just want you to know I have I have John's back. I know what it's like to be the second guy. <laughs> so I, I, I got his back. Now I gotta I gotta ask him the National League. Me, me, and Nick have had this. Padres, sorry. He he keeps saying the Padres. I'm saying the Dodgers basically have no weakness. Emily, break up this debate, please. Who are you siding with? Dodgers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think the Padres are going to give the Dodgers their first, like, challenge in their division that they – the Dodgers haven't had that in a few years, so they're definitely going to give them room for their money, and I think the Padres are going to take that wild card spot in the National League, but the Dodgers are still the team to beat. I also want everyone to remember, when, when it comes to 162, the Los Angeles Dodgers do not win World Series, okay? They only win World Series because of some janked-up 60-game season when by the time it's the World Series, the players are literally still fresh because they don't got the same innings on their arms, they don't got the same at-bats, they didn't travel as much. So, yes, it's still a World Series, it still counts, but people will admit, if, if, if they're real about it, it's a little different. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's not all the teams, it, it's, I don't know why it's different. Like, 
I don't know why I feel that way, but it just kind of is. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them. You know, every team has the same circumstance, and it was the circumstances were unique to that year. So it was that was challenging in and of itself. So I'm not saying that it was easier to get through the playoffs and do that whole thing, but it was just different. So it feels different. And if I were a fan of the Dodgers, I would probably be singing a different tune, but I'm not, so I am. (laughs) Garrett Cole only pitched 77 innings last year, like 11 or 12 starts. He would have had, if not 28 through 32 starts, for like 220 innings. You know, just, just, just looking at the numbers, Aaron Judge only had 101 at-bats last year. So, let's say for a guy who played a full, full, full 60, they, they probably had 212. In a full season, you're having 450, anywhere to 600 at-bats. And that's if you play, like, 155, a little more than that. So it's just it's just different, and and it's weird too because Nick Anderson was gassing wind. That's why he kept giving up all those goddamn hits. So now if you translate that with a one sixty two, then a full postseason. And remember, they didn't even play full doubleheaders, so they lost four innings per doubleheader too. So it just it just saved everybody a lot of, you know, they got more rest. It's true, um, but I also feel like there's what helped even it out was the other extenuating factors that were unique to <coughs> that season because of uh, the pandemic and everything that was going on and how every the year was different for everybody. So I, I give pro athletes that same latitude, you know what I mean? Like, they right. were experiencing it in human just like the rest of us, so I'm not going to pretend like things were normal and I was the same person, I was able to function the same all the time in that year, so well, I'm not going to hold them to that same standard, you know? I agree. Not, and not like um, they're like me, I'm not trying to compare myself to pro athlete. Our lives are very different, but I just, you know, we all kind of, we all felt it. Emily, you are better than every pro athlete except for Tom Brady. Aww. So you are awesome. Aww, thanks. All right, we'll forget Tom Brady. Anyways, back to the, now. If you look at if you look at like, I always think New York is like the epicenter because if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Um, obviously, I know you're not a big football fan, but. The Giants are on the come up, and the Jets look like they're starting to rebuild. The, the Knicks are a fun team. The Nets are a championship team. The two hockey teams are good. Isn't it great when New York sports are actually, like, fun? So now we can actually have those rivalries, like the Mets and Yankee fans, because only true New Yorkers that are fans of New York teams will come to understand when New York is great, everything is great. I, yeah, I totally agree. It makes everything way more fun, and it's how you—that's how you get new fans. When like that's the talk of the town, that's when people who wouldn't normally sit down and watch a game of any of the sports they do because all their friends or their family are doing it because it's the cool thing to do because the teams are good. So that gets people excited, and especially when it's in conjunction with 
so many stars and beloved athletes leaving Boston it, and watching their teams just play like shit. It's like, wow, this is really, everything's really coming up in New York lately. So tell us about, tell us about your Petty Screenshots album. Oh, God. It was just something that, because I am a nerd, like, with my albums and notes on my phone. Like, I use them because I have a bunch of folders, and I have, that's how I keep track of things so I can recall them easily or and find things. And I do the same thing for my photos. So I will categorize things, and I have a petty screenshot. Just screenshots of things that people have said or things that I've seen, whatever, and I'm not necessarily going to do anything with them. I, I'm not really a review <coughs> kind of person, but it's just something that I just like to keep in my uh, proverbial back pocket, I guess, because it's also funny. Hey, hey, I mean, you never know. Maybe one day someone really gets out of line, and you go through them, and you say, wow, here, you, hey, are you sure, buddy? <laughs> it's possible, Emily's a better person than me. She she lets stuff go. I don't. It is what it is, okay? My thing is awful. but don't don't put me on a pedestal quite yet. Because mine I, I don't act petty because it's out of pride or ego that I don't want to give someone else the satisfaction that it bothers me. So I'm either gonna ignore it or I'm not gonna give them the reaction they want or any reaction because my ego needs that, you know what I mean? So it's not on some like, oh yeah, I'm just uh, able to control myself. It's, it's also because of something that is a negative personality trait. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you get to watch today's Yankee broadcast with the Michael K show crew? No, I wish. I was at work. I really wanted to. You should have taped it. I know, I didn't think about it. Was it good? Yeah, it was very funny. Don did more play-by-play than he was supposed to because Michael got the call home run, Ruko did, and they wanted him to call. And they did the second through the third, through the fourth. Originally only supposed to be two, but they raised over 32 grand for Make-A-Wish. And, oh, that's awesome. and, they, and it's 10K per wish, so they got three wishes they started it around the 16th so the plan was two and they'll probably do another spring training game next year and uh the start of the top of the fifth as soon as ryan ruko and paul o'neill took over the game again bo bichette yeah. hits his second spring home run so if they stayed around for one more batter he would have got the call one but it was funny, Aww. you know. You know they added some of the stuff they do with the show, 
And Don does play-by-play -play for the Rangers, so that's why he did something Peter didn't, you know. And uh, it was a very yeah, good job. Yeah, he must have been legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, plus is for charity. So Make-A-Wish is a very good charity. That's awesome. And also, I love the three of them. Like, I, I'm not, you know, I, I wasn't that crazy about Michael Kay as a broadcaster uh, for a while. And then I started listening to the Michael Kay show. And it totally endeared me to Michael Kay way more than I ever was just, like, listening to him on Yankee broadcast. So I really like the three of them. I think they have great chemistry. I love Rosenberg. I used to listen to Ebro in the morning, every morning on my drive to work, and Rosenberg's obviously on that. So um, I'm sad that I missed it. The reason why I think it's different is because with the Yankee game, Michael K has to be professional Michael K. He has to be buttoned right. up. He can't fool around. But when you're doing a show with Peter Rosenberg, who, let's be honest, is just... 75% oh, I'm going to be funny, professional when I have to. So, it would look bad if Peter's being funny and Don's being funny and Michael's being stick in the mud. You know, sometimes he'll rein it in, but they they rant at each other, they yell at each other, and it's just a funny segment. And that's probably why the Michael K. Show has done better, because when you just have two sports personalities... That's all it's going to be about. But because Peter's also big in the hip-hop world, does that Fagazi wrestling stuff, and, you know, it brings it brings more, you know, it brings more stuff to talk about. You know, it's just not sports. It's more things. Yeah, absolutely. That Rosenberg, he can talk, he can do it all. He can, you know, he's like a jack-of-all-trades in that respect that he follows hip-hop wrestling the sport closely and can talk about it and it's funny. So that's, he's perfect for a show like that. He's, he's almost like, it's like a similar to like a Tony Reality position. Oh, on, yes. Uh, Good call. Horn. Good But yeah, call. I agree. That it's just, that's why their show is awesome because they, they all play off each other <laughs> and Rosenberg mixes it up for them. If, if you now... I gotta ask this question, and I'm I'm gonna be that guy. Um, obviously, everyone is hate. Everyone is on the whole Brett Gardner train. Nick is, is is dying on the Brett Gardner train. Can you please tell him that Chris Frazier is now and forever the future Yankee left fielder, and Brett Gardner is just the fourth outfield bench player? Yeah, I mean. Nick, I don't know how to break this to you, but <laughs> everything James just does. <laughs> <laughs> Gardner is not going to be, I mean, Gardner, would I be surprised if, like, you know, they did some, like, tip of the cap thing, like letting Gardner start one last time on opening day this year at Yankee Stadium, like, do I see the Yankees doing something like that? Absolutely. Does that mean that Gardner is now going to be like the starting left fielder in 2021 for the Yankees? No. It'll be Frazier, and it should be. Gardner's great. I mean, the fact having a guy, a player of Gardner's caliber, still as your fourth outfielder is pretty good. Um, I mean, since... If he's able to still 
perform like he has, uh, like he did in 2019, that is. I mean, since Ryu is starting for the Blue Jays, it's probably going to be Clint. But Brett Garner is the healthiest Yankee. No one should be shocked if he plays 110 or more games because he's going to oh, play center field. God, no. He's going to play left field. And you know there's going to be a game. I've said this before and I'll keep saying it. Where there's three consecutive days of Clint Frazier having a couple home runs, a plus RBIs, but because they're facing the powerful righty and Garner has even okay numbers against it, guess who's going to start? Brett Garner. It's okay. Clint Frazier, sure. He may be the factual Yankee starter. Okay, and and yes, he factually combined only had seven dominant weeks for the New York Yankees. Okay, but he's gonna get hurt. Brett Garner, if if we had to really look at his injury time, he he might. If you go through his whole entire career, maybe he only got hurt for sixty games. So unless unless he just tears an ACL by slipping off a bag. Or, or because he slides head first, which is ridiculous, and he gets hurt. Come on. You know he's going to play a lot of games, and people just have to be okay with that. No. I mean, I'm. No. that's the point of, like, a fourth outfielder. I don't care if it's Gardner or Tottenham or whoever. Like, I want, when a team has depth, I want them to rotate out. I don't, there's no reason for... Aaron Judge or Clint Frazier to play 162 games when this team has such depth that they can rotate guys in and keep guys fresh. You know, it's, it's a marathon. So, like, if a team is able to do that, those are the teams that are real contenders in October. They're not limping into October and, and everyone's out of gas because their bench is, is shallow and they can only take a day off here or there or if they're injured, you know? So it's like, I'm okay seeing Gardner or Thompson in the lineup and seeing them play uh, a bunch of games, close to 100 or whatever, but but it's not because they're better. Does that make sense? It's because the team has depth and they are able to win a lot of games and they can do that kind of shit. Makes perfect they're not sense. They're going to be like a game ahead of the Rays all season. They're going to be like fucking 20 games ahead. Makes as long as long as Brett old ass Gardner is not is not impeding the best left fielder the Yankees got in Clint Frazier, and I will die on this hill. Don't this I I'm the I've been a Frazier fan since day one. I've been a Clark Smith fan since day one. Those are my guys. I this is the hill. I'm not moving off this hill. Okay? I'm not moving off this hill. That, that's the hill I choose to die on. You have to literally kick me off the hill. Now, James, I am there with you, though. I don't want to see you on the out there either. I mean, if I have to, whatever, but, like, I get it. But I would prefer not to, but whatever. It is what it is. I'm trying to accept this. You guys are just hating on him because he's bald. I know that's why it is. You guys are baldists. You guys are, you guys are, yeah, that's why. I know it is. Clint Frazier didn't even know Mickey Mantle was a switch hitter. The kid's a fucking idiot. Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyways, anyways, before. Okay. Clint 
Frazier didn't know who Mickey Mantle was, and Nick and Nick is having like a his fit about it. Last week, he wore a Clint Frazier T-shirt, and then he said, "Oh, I found out he was a Twitch hitter because of the T-shirt." Really? Why don't you know your Yankee history? You're a New York Yankee. Mickey Mantle is one of the greatest I mean, Yankees to ever play the game. There's no, there's literally, I mean, even the Yankee Stadium, it's like Yankee history fucking threw up. There's no way that Clint Frazier didn't know who that is. He was definitely just being like a dick or something. I mean, he plays at Yankee Stadium. It's shoved down your throat. All that puff. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he was serious. No way. He did it to be a... Funny guy. He did it to be funny. A brat. And I'm just... He's like, that's the money. No. Might as well. I love it. Now, I gotta ask you this. I'm, I'm gonna go compare two sports. I know, I know you, you watch basketball. Brooklyn Nets, as I said before, powerhouse. That team should win a championship this year. The Yankees have a chance to win the championship. What would be more disappointing, the Brooklyn Nets not winning the NBA championship or the New York Yankees not reaching the World Series? The Yankees, oh my God, are you kidding me? The Yankees, I mean, they're, this is it. Like, the past few years, we've been able to say, like, especially 2017, it's like, oh, this has been great, but, you know, they're still growing, they're still building, this isn't the team yet, like, they're not ready yet. Now they're ready. They're in their window now, so it's championship or bust. Um, and I, I, we, Nick is exaggerating about me being a basketball fan. I've watched like I know, 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 I know. I'm just, I just like, listen, I know, I know you're a baseball, you're a baseball fan. I know. I'm just saying, like, no disrespect to Nets fans. I hope Nets win. I guess I'm a Nets fan. That's right. It's better. It's better to be a Nets fan than a Nick fan. But all, all, all joking aside, and you'll probably mention this at some point tomorrow too. Um. So if you don't want to answer it, it's okay. But when you started your pod, um, did you think that let's just say John never became in the picture? Do, do you think you would have made it a year of breaking balls? Um, no, I don't. I mean, I, I almost didn't, I almost quit after two episodes. The third episode, I told Daniel of DJ Bindington, I told him that I couldn't do it. I, I didn't know what else to talk about. Like I was worried that I was gonna like talk myself in circles because I'll I tend to especially if I'm not talking with someone, I would tend to link things back and I was worried about that. So I didn't and I was talking with my friends one night over Zoom and they encouraged me. They're like, Come on, you can do that, you know, that third episode So I did the third episode and then I was able to do the fourth episode. I think something came up that week in the baseball world. And then after that, I said, I need to bring somebody on because I, I can't do this every week just talking to nobody, like, or not talking with somebody, not having someone to joke with or, or have a conversation with. So, no, I don't think I could have. I've, I've oh. told James the same thing when I, when I started this pod, it was just me. 
And then James came on, like, around episode 10, something like that. A, a, a little longer than John did for you. And it just, it's, it's a good fit because it's, it's easier to bounce ideas off of someone. It's just you have, you know, you're, you're most likely going to have a good chemistry with, with each other. And it just makes it hard. No one wants to talk for an hour straight by yourself. You can't do that. Um, but before we get you out of here, James, last question or do a quick rapid fire. I have one quick question, and it's more of a fill-in-the-blank. If the Yankees win the World Series, or the Yankees and only win one World Series with this core, is it a success or is it a fail? Is it a cop-out if I say it's kind of both? Uh, no. You, 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 no. So explain. So how is it a success? If they win the World Series this year, they upset the Dodgers. But then they don't win anymore. That's that. It's just one World Series, and that's that. I think it's still a success. I I think that you know this team suffers from the fact the its vicinity to that dynasty, and dynasties are difficult in all sports, but they're especially difficult in baseball due to the nature of the game and like the randomness of the postseason so i think that winning a world series within a, a team's championship window that only lasts you know three four five years that's a, a that's a w overall in my book of course as a fan i want them to win the world series every year during this window but that's unrealistic so sure i am kind of disappointed but only in, like, the hours after they get ousted from the playoffs, you know? Like, when I think back on 2009, I'm not disappointed that the Yankees didn't win more World Series since then or, or around 2009 because I just loved 2009 so much, you know? So I think it would be the same thing, that the further, something, further away we get from something in time, the less we are hurt by what didn't occur and we're more focused on what actually did happen. And tell tell the people where they can hear Breaking Balls and find you and John on social and DJ. And what do you like better, production meetings or the nights you and John record? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um... <laughs> Um, probably the nights that we record, just because, like, you guys know, recording, I get, uh, I have, like, nervous energy in the, in the hours, the hours leading up to recording, but then, like, the feeling of finishing an episode and, like, that being done for the week is, like, an adrenaline rush almost for lack of or it's yeah. like a euphoric feeling so I also love that it's like a high kind of so I, I really do love that and, and then I'll uh, promote breaking balls on our production meeting so it's hard to say <laughs> promote breaking balls and <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> but uh yeah but tell, tell us about breaking balls and from my, you know promote breaking balls before we get you out of here 
Wrecking Balls is, if I do say so myself, it's pretty awesome. It's funny. It's, uh, it'll make you think. It'll make you laugh. And it makes me laugh every single week. And um, the best is yet to come. It's only been a, it's been a year, and we've done a lot, but we're just getting started. So anyone listening, if you haven't listened to us yet, you should. You're in a good spot now. We're about to get into the season, so it's going to be awesome. The ceiling is the roof. Thank you so much yeah, exactly. for coming on, Emily. Thank you so much guys, for coming thank on. thank you so much really for having me. I love talking with you guys. I always have a great time, and the time always flies, too. It's crazy. You guys are great. Absolutely. Always, always take care. We try.